This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, welcome back to the show. Ahead of the upcoming busiest weekend of the year for BC Ferries, officials held a press conference to address public concerns. BC Ferries management acknowledged the system has had challenges in July, but the company maintains it's prepared to handle the expected 580,000 passengers and 210,000 vehicles over the upcoming BC Day long weekend. Joining me now to talk about BC Ferries is its CEO and President Nicholas Jimenez. Mr. Jimenez, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Nice to be here. Uh, let's start with the, the, the main issue here is uh, what guarantee can you provide uh, taxpayers that what happened in the past few weeks won't happen moving forward, especially with the BCD long weekend? Well, what's happened in the last week and also, yeah, you're right, with the July long weekend, mm-hmm. we were really acutely affected by not having the coastal celebration in service. That took out a lot of needed capacity in our system and I think customers felt that we were all very frustrated that represented you know 12,000 or so tr- passengers that we we couldn't service uh, and, and that was a challenge so that ship has been repaired uh, we had to replace the seals on all the repeller uh, the propeller blades on the uh, number two hub and that ship is going to be back in service. So that will give us the capacity we need, we desperately need to move. Like you said, 580,000 people are going to be tra- sailing with us this mm-hmm. weekend. Now, one vessel goes down, in this case, the Coastal Celebration. The system is impacted in a significant manner. Uh, does that mean that you need more vessels or at least another vessels of significant size to deal with any mechanical challenges or other challenges that may arise? To, because one goes down, the whole system is impacted. It's true. Uh, well, if you think about it, I mean, we we have more capacity in, you know, periods that aren't our peak periods. So summer is obviously our peak. July and August, mm-hmm. we absolutely peak. Uh, the rest of the year, we don't have the same level of traffic and volume and where we do have more of that reserve capacity. So it's a little, it's the analogy of building your church for Easter Sunday. Um, so to your question, we do need to invest in vessels. There's no question. We've got a lot of our fleet which is very old or approaching end of life. Uh, We've got plans in place to uh, retire a lot of those vessels and uh, replace them with newer, uh, more efficient vessels. Um, Obviously that takes time. So we're we're, in the process right now of finalizing business cases and getting procurement processes ready to go. That doesn't help the traveling public in the summer of 2023, but it's certainly something that we have plan to do and will people will see over the coming years. I mean, I don't need to know specifics right now, but in regards to broad strokes here, how much, how many vessels or is there a dollar figure you could provide in regards to uh, upgrades or just, you know, new purchases that you see over the next four or five years? Yeah, sure. Well, it's actually, I'll, I'll probably put it over the next 10 years. It's not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually have two different programs to replace different classes of vessels. So one is our island class. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that could be in the hundreds of millions of dollars to replace and bring in, uh, you know, upwards of six vessels. The, the larger uh, re- uh, fleets are the retirement of what we call our C-class. So these are the queen ships. Mm-hmm. Um, those vessels could run in the hundreds of millions each. So that would be 
you know, close to a $2 billion investment we mean to make. So this is not a small program. Uh, and I hope people kind of appreciate just, just A, how big it is, and B, how complex it is, mm-hmm. uh, but that we definitely have plans in place to, to make these investments. They're, they're needed. The system absolutely needs it. Um, you know, when I think of BC Ferries, I, I think of it as, uh, you know, whenever I've ever used it, either as growing up as a kid going on there or older, I always thought that it was a good job, good, good steady job uh, with good benefits and people would love to work at BC Ferries. Uh, but you seem to have a, a challenge in regards to hiring employees, retaining employees to a certain degree. And look, a lot of that is uh, COVID related. But walk me through why... BC Ferries has challenges with uh, hiring or retaining employees at this particular point? No, I will, because it's a good question. You know, we're actually part of a global community of mariners. Mm -hmm. And if you were to talk to our colleagues in Washington State or Alaska or even elsewhere in in Canada on the East Coast, you will hear ferry operators uh, present the same scenario, which is they're struggling to find licensed mariners. Uh, it is a challenge globally. There's something like a deficit of 20,000 or more people uh, needed in this industry than is currently present, and this is globally. Uh, so we're, we're feeling the effects of that here locally. So we have a lot to do, I think, in order to address that. And it's, you know, it's not just as simple as hiring people. Uh, it's one thing to hire them. It's another thing for them to be trained and certified into the roles that our regulators require us to have in order to sail ships. So these are people like our engineers and our and our deckhands and, uh, and our officer crew, uh, people who need years and years of training and certification uh, in order to meet the requirements that are put on to us by, by federal and other regulators. So we, we have a lot of work to do. We've hired a lot more people in the last year, 1,200, the most we've ever hired in our 63-year history. Uh, but it's more than that. I think we have to present you know, uh, a way in which we can train people faster. I'm not sure if you know this, but it takes upwards of 15 plus years to actually become a captain. Uh, You know, today, I don't know that people want to wait 15 years in order to sort of make that kind of progress in their careers. I think people might be looking for a faster acceleration, but those are those are the constraints put on us, you know, by by the industry. So we have to think more creatively and differently Mm -hmm. uh, about how we approach uh, not just the recruitment, but the training and the retention of people, for sure. So we've talked about recruitment and retra- uh, retraining of people. We've talked about needing to invest uh, uh, on, in regards to um, the fleet itself uh, and the significant dollars that come from that. Um, but one of the other challenges you have is just the popularity of BC Ferries, but the popularity of going to Metro Vancouver or beyond or the island. The island population has grown significantly, I think, from th- in the last 20 years, probably 300,000 to a million people. The lower mainland is at 2.7 million people. We're expecting another million here by 2050. Uh, This system itself started many decades ago. Can it grow at a meaningful level to stay up with the demand that's coming? Because it's not going to get any easier moving forward. Those peak demands at at summertime are going to get even worse, and the demand is going to be even more significant to the point some would argue we'd need another, another ferry terminal one day. But can the system itself stay up with the growth that we are seeing in the, the southern, uh, in the lower mainland and, and on Vancouver Island? Well, you're asking the exact right question. Um, we've actually, I, I've just, as you know, joined this company as CEO, and we've just mm-hmm. launched a process with our boards and with government to, to answer that very question. So we need to understand what does this system need to look like in 20 years. And in order to build 
today for what we think is going to happen tomorrow. We have to answer those kinds of questions, which is, you know, how do we want people to travel? What does transit look like out to our terminals? Our terminals today, as you know, are not located in in places that are adjacent to urban communities. They're they're a bit of ways Mm -hmm. in in some cases. Um, And and getting to them typically requires a vehicle. And if more people are traveling uh, and there's more people living in this region, you know, how do we think differently? And so so over the next 10 months, we're going to be working with our boards to kind of lay out a bit of a strategy and a vision for what we want the system to be in the next 10 to 20 years and then to sort of fine-tune our investment plan based on that. But I think... I think that is exactly the question we need to answer. Are we currently, I mean, we, we have the same number of uh, routes today that we did, you know, uh, many decades ago. Is that is that sustainable? Mm-hmm. Um, we have 30, 37-odd uh, uh, vessels today, you know, with certain capacity. Do we need, do we need bigger ships, more ships? Um, all the questions that need to be addressed mm-hmm. uh, as we work through that strategy with government and, uh, and our board. Uh, I only just want to ask you that question. I there was an old cabinet minister, Pat McGeer, I think it was, and many years ago uh, from the 1980s, he used to have an old model when we actually did talk about putting a bridge over to the island, and uh, he <laughs> kept it when he left government. So every time there'd be some challenges with ferries, he'd pull out that model out of his basement. He kept it after he left politics. And uh, even here today and now, we still have those conversations about a, a fixed link uh, over to uh, the mainland, although it would cost uh, probably $20 billion now or more. So uh, that's part of the conversation. But thank you so much today for your time, Mr. Jimenez. Look forward to having you on the show very soon. Yeah, I'm, uh, anytime, Jazz. Great to chat.